This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Suze McLeod here with Pastor Michael. Last time we addressed the gift of healing and we mentioned we were going to talk about this question. So here we go. Are there apostles today? It depends what you mean by the word apostle. So let's talk about the, the word itself. Yes. We'll break it out into two categories and then we'll answer that question. Okay. So question, the first category is just the literal meaning of the word apostle, which means messengers, uh, particularly messengers on behalf of somebody else. So technically, on the most technical level, uh, we, if we follow Christ, we are all apostles. We also, probably everybody in humanity is a messenger of something or someone. It's a very now, generic Now, is this term. like a lowercase a, uppercase a situation? lowercase a. Okay. I, actually, I would, I, would, I would put three categories of lowercases oh, and uppercases. Oh, this high, is so cases. helpful. This is, that's two-point font, lowercase okay. a. Okay. Let me give you the 12-point font, lowercase a. So over the last, probably, honestly, 15 to 20 years, mm-hmm. mm, but really, we're going to go big picture last 120. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a 12-point font, lowercase a, apostle, which basically means uh, more entrepreneurs, church planters, et cetera, in the church. And so it's almost like um, non-cessationists or people, uh, continuationists or people who believe all the spiritual gifts are for today, are trying to figure out, given the explicit biblical limitations of an apostle, how do we still use the word and call people apostles. Yes. So the idea is that Mark Driscoll actually took this out of the charismatic movement and brought it in the mid-2000s into the evangelical spectrum and basically oh. called anybody who's a church planter, entrepreneur, um, whatever, he would, he would say the gift of apostleship um, really plays itself out there. Funny story, in December, I was at this really crazy, awesome, fun party. And the party... <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, one significant group of the party were African American Methodist Apostolics. Okay, right? It was a blast. I didn't know any of them. They, I got to just tell you, like, I, I asked, I asked one of them. I said, "Listen, let's be straight for a minute. Like, a lot of the apostles I know are swindlers. Like, and I know that guy who invited you to this party. I know the guy who's hosting it, and he's amazing. And he grew up in your context. And I know that is none of you. You said this. To oh him? yeah, totally. Okay. I just put it all on the table. And uh, we had already gotten real vulnerable. I mean, it went okay. really deep, fast. We're both in ministry. So I asked him, like, what is an apostle? And he said, "This is so meaningful." He said, "In our tradition, the apostles are the ones that go where nobody will go." And we start movements of God where there is no movement of God. So he's talking about this really um, uh, just difficult place Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. inner city Mm. where he was from. Um, And it's, it's honestly one of the hardest communities in America. And he just said, God has called my wife and I to start a movement of God in the most difficult places. And so he rooted it back to the apostles when Jesus called the apostles and and they literally dispersed all over the known world. They went to places where no movement of God existed and their job was to start a movement of God in the most difficult places. And uh, they're a group of people who understand that if God is going to start a movement, it's going to happen miraculously. So they just expect uh, big things. They expect the favor of God. They expect uh, money to be moved and they're behind half because Mm -hmm. they know God is going to start a movement. And so Mm. um, at times they can sound prosperity-ish, but actually their whole thing is, is uh, no, we expect resources because it takes so much to start a movement of God. We just expect that he's going to just start moving everything for our favor because he wants a movement of God in this area. Right. Okay. So that's like, so that is what I would call 12 point font, a apostolic. Mm 
Okay. It's taking the spirit of what the Bible talks about and, tr- and trying to contextualize it. Uh, in my tradition, we don't have apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, we are such strict biblicists, if you will, that yeah. if if the text doesn't really give you permission to use the word that way, we don't. Right. Um, other traditions are a little bit more flexible with the terms. But if you ask the African-American Methodist apostolic, he will tell you there is a difference between the apostles in the Bible and what he's doing. Right. Let's be clear. The 12 apostles that were, they saw Jesus after he rose. Correct. So the Bible has like requirements. Yes. You have to have walked with him, seen him post-resurrection. I mean, these are explicit requirements. You can't Mm -hmm. get away from it. And um, first or second Corinthians 12, 12, if if you listen to our healing discussion, the last podcast, Mm -hmm. let me help you out here. Here's what Paul says. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience mm. with signs and wonders and mighty works. That signs and wonders and, and healing is often put into the sign. It's all this like supernatural interventions of God, which is why we say healing, wonders, miracles, signs are uniquely apostolic gifts. Right. Why? Because they were a sign of a true apostle. Because the All of these people in the first century Mm -hmm. were saying, I'm an apostle of Jesus. I'm an apostle of Jesus. Well, if I am a common layperson, how do I know who to trust? Right. So Jesus empowered the apostles with these abilities so that the people could discern who was a true apostle Mm -hmm. and who was not. Mm -hmm. So are there apostles today? Two-point font, like we're all apostles, sure. 12-point font, entrepreneurs, people who start churches or start movements, movements of God, of God, God said, in yeah, hard yeah. places. 12, sure. Um, capital A. Capital A, impossible. So there is a— um, There's a movement, though, the apostolic movement that— <sighs> Yeah. So let me—again, let me again, I'm not going to make friends when I say this, but that's that's fine. That doesn't—we're um, answering the question. There is a, there is a category of Pentecostals, yeah. not all Pentecostals. There's a category of Pentecostals where the pastors will identify themselves as apostles, mm-hmm. um, usually as a power play. Power and authority are really, really, really big in the communities they usually minister in. And there's no bigger power play than the word apostle. It's the, it, like, it is the highest term of power the Bible has to give any human being other than God. Yeah. Because they had the ability to do these incredible signs and wonders and miracles. Yeah. And um, so... I do want to say that I am very biblically cautious of this group of people. So, for example, there's one in our area um, who has claimed he is an apostle because Jesus showed himself to him in a vision like Paul, Mm. personally anointed him and gave him um, supernatural experiences like Paul. And so he would say, like, I'm an apostle because I meet all the biblical requirements. And then he believes he can do signs, wonders, and miracles. Because if you're not with them and they're telling you it was a vision. Oh yeah. Well, then here's the here's where it complicates. I I have no hesitation looking at somebody and saying, "Okay, well then do a sign, wonder, miracle." And he would say, "You don't have faith. Oh, You're not ready for it." Yeah, that does make it complicated. Okay. I be, I be, my issue is not faith. Like right. my confidence in miracles has nothing to do mm. with my faith in you. Right. Like I believe God can do that. I don't believe you can. But that And and folks have yeah. to listen to the last po- podcast to find Correct. We did talk about that a lot. Yes. So uh, apostles, um, are they around today? Mm-hmm. In the biblical sense, um, their objective was to lay the foundation of the church. Can I just read a couple yeah, scriptures please, on please. apostles? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, here's one. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 20. He says, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, that's the church, built mm-hmm. on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. In fact, uh, the prophets of the Old Testament prophets who laid those foundations in scripture, and then the apostles are the ones sent by Jesus. Yep. Uh, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 2 Peter says that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, that the apostles were designated, uh, paralleled in authority with the Old Testament prophets. That's a big parallel for for Peter to make, Mm -hmm. himself being one of the apostles. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. he is heaping authority on himself here. And he's saying we, on behalf of Jesus, are given the authority to speak the words of Christ just as much as the Old Testament prophets but he's proving are. that because I think it's very clear that some of these people nowadays that are saying this, they're self-appointing. Yes. Peter, let's be clear that Peter is not self-appointing. Mm-mm. He's he's previously pointed to why he qualifies as an apostle. Right. I mean, Peter, James, and John, they were the three with Jesus. Like literally nobody has more authority. It's like it's like me being embarrassed that I am the son of Denny and Mary. I'm like, I am who I am. and. Right. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. In fact, right. that's my name. That's my qualifications. Right. My blood. Like I don't have this to is prove this because it is because it's what, true. Yes. Yes. Know? And so for Peter, it's it's like so being a pastor, for example, you learn over time to be who you are, to be just comfortable with what God has I called sure you hope. to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But at first, it's weird for everybody because you're you're like, wow, this is I'm a pastor. I'm like mm-hmm. that's weighty. That's significant. And mm-hmm. and eventually, you learn to just be who you are. Yeah. And God did it. I don't deserve it, um, but God's like, that's that's what I want you to do. Okay, there we go. Yeah. And Peter just owns, he owns it. Jude one seventeen says, but you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we could just go on and on and on. Um, uh, Acts, book of Acts opens up and the apostles take center stage, chapter one, verses one and two. In the first book, O Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given the commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles mm-hmm. whom he had chosen. Yeah. And then following that in Acts 2.42, we reference this verse a lot when we talk about what we include in the church, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. They devoted themselves to not Jesus' teaching per se. Right. To the apostles' teaching, and then who was doing the signs and wonders? The, the apostles. apostles. We're right at the beginning Again, though, of the launch of the it's church. It's all pointing it back. Yes, to Jesus. Absolutely. This is where the church came from. So their their job was foundation laying, scripture laying. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, this is why we say the canon or the Bible closed with the mm-hmm. end of the apostolic age. Yes, not because we're like afraid of anything, but because God designated these men yes. with a unique responsibility and authority that timed out with their deaths. Yeah. But it's also why the Pentecostal movement is saying, no, Scripture, God is still speaking because there are still apostles who are speaking for for God. And so even though they would say sort of the Bible is closed, new revelation equal to the Bible Mm. is being given regularly. It's why, this is a little tangent, Yeah, it's why debating with extreme Pentecostals is really hard because evangelicals root their debates and their ideas in scripture. But for a lot of Pentecostals, what the spirit tells them 
is equal in authority to what you find in the Bible. Which is why it's so important that if we have theological discussions, we know um, that we believe the Bible is ultimate authority. Ultimate. So and find the verse for it. Right. But and for a lot of Pentecostals, that's not yeah. That's not a it's not the highest value. Yeah. So for them, they're looking for new revelation by the Spirit to themselves. Uh, I found myself in a, a circumstance with a handful of people who uh, I, I literally have no ability to contradict them because for them, when the mm-hmm. Spirit talks to them, it is as solid for them mm-hmm. as the Word of God is for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. I mean, let me just exhort our listeners to guard your heart, guard your mind, and get in the Word. Amen. Yeah. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about another topic that is a hot-button issue. The question next time that we're going to discuss, Pastor Michael, is should husbands submit to their wives? I like your wife, so I'm really excited to hear your perspective (laughs) of this. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) 